Uh, I believe it was the first time I introduced myself as a writer without feeling shame or that I was gonna be judged. It felt just right because I've been writing my whole life and I've been telling everyone that one day I'm gonna write a book since I was a kid, but it always felt weird because people would ask, but then what are you gonna do? Because you cannot be a writer and just that. You need to have a real job. So it really felt right the first time someone that I never saw before asked me, what do you do? And I told them, I'm a writer. And I felt super good about it. And it kind of motivated me to get back to my project. So I'm writing a book now and it's super exciting. <laughs> Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of the Right Feeling Podcast. Today I am joined with my friend Yana to talk about putting yourself first. Just some background about Yana, she is a UX designer, very creative, originally from Sweden but now in the Netherlands. For all my people pleasers out there. This might be the episode for you. <laughs> Yana and I explore subsubjects of people pleasing, expressing anger, and emotional manipulation. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. I'll check back in with you at the very end. Test, test, test. Mm, test, test, test. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Yana. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> to start off, I think it'd be good for you to introduce a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I'm Jana. Mm. I grew up in Sweden on the countryside, been moving around a little bit. And nowadays I work as a designer. I just like creating things. Mm -hmm. um, you should tell the audience how long... This super long scarf you tried. <laughs> so I had a burnout, right? Mm. So I started a project um, to kind of feel that I was productive while doing nothing. So <laughs> you taught me how to do crochet. So I started off uh, cr um, crocheting a really, really long scarf and I couldn't stop. So now it's just an ongoing project and it's about 110 meters by now. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna reach uh, five kilometers, so there's uh, still a way quite to go. a bit, quite a bit left. Well, you and I have known each other now for two years. Yeah, two years now. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think we connected right away, yeah. and I know that we've been meaning to have this podcast episode, and the topic of today is going to be about putting yourself first. So, where did it? begin when did you start realizing that you need to put yourself first let's start there maybe when the compromises or the caring about others was on the expense of my health or myself I can't answer when I mean it's still happening mm. every now and then I need to remind myself why am I doing that how are you or how have you been putting yourself first what does that actually look like right now Hmm. Putting myself first means saying no and saying yes. 
in key moments. And that can be breaking up from a relationship mm. where I was safe, mm. but only safe. And eventually it wasn't for me. It was to keep everything whole as they should be. Mm. To keep Other mom people. and dad from worrying. To keep everything stable and predictable. Not only for me, but for others. Because otherwise others will worry about me or mm -hmm. think I won't handle it or feel sorry for me. So I think it's it can be big like that, mm -hmm. like completely changing your life and you know moving out of the country and all of a sudden, you know, just because you're doing it for yourself. But it can also be those small things, everyday things of just... Um, Turning off your phone. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Closing your email outlook box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still learning and learned a lot from um, last year and the year before uh, when I was on sick leave for burnout for more than a year, mm -hmm. still recovering. And that really taught me that uh, because I just did not have energy for more than keeping myself alive and making sure I ate food every day. So mm -hmm. it becomes... You practice putting yourself first in the most um, simple ways. Yeah, exactly. So that taught me a lot and it still still is. So I still juggle between making sure that everyone is fine and I'm contributing to the bigger picture while also making sure that I am going through it in one piece. But it's, it's difficult because I have my schemas, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Classic I, Jana. Right, yeah. <laughs> I think... Since I've known you, because we've known each other now for two years, mm. and maybe like 75% of that, you're experiencing this burnout. Right, yeah. We you got know. to know each other right before yeah, I, right I before. crashed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I've been able to experience you through that. I just remember like our interactions, and it still is like this now, mm. where you know, you're very clear about okay, I need to be here at a at a specific time because this is what works for me. And I think maybe to others it might sound, oh, that's very rigid, you know, mm. but I actually admire that because mm. I know what you've been through and I know that now you're starting to really, okay, I'm putting my boundaries out there mm. and other people can either accept it or not because this is this is who I am and I want what I, I need. Mm. I'll still say that it's very, very difficult to, for example, if I'm at work and I'm just going to put the laptop back in my computer because mm -hmm. it's the end of the day and then someone wants to chit chat while I'm doing that mm -hmm. and having to tell them that I cannot put my computer in my bag while you're talking because <laughs> I don't know if I will survive the weekend if you do that. Mm. I'm not saying it like that, but that yeah. kind of how do I express such um such need that shouldn't be so difficult mm. so I'm still not completely accepting of the things I need but mm -hmm. if I don't it will hit me later so I don't really have a choice so it's it's a constantly learning and I feel shame mm. and also for myself that I should be able to do this if I can't do this it means and then it spirals it means I can't work uh, I can't uh, participate in society because mm. that's a thing you should be able to do to function. Maybe we should give people a bit more context about <laughs> the burnout that you experienced right. because it was intense. It was intense. It was intense. Obviously, the first couple of months, there were a lot of um, 
experienced a lot of delirium and not sure where I was or how long time had passed. If it was 10 minutes, I didn't know if it was an hour or a minute. So I wasn't sure how to navigate my days or crossing the street, not knowing how far away is that car, when is it going to come up to where I am. Yeah, Things didn't work in my brain, obviously. So I, there were a lot of neurological tests to make sure that my brain wasn't actually damaged because that was, of course, the first thing that um, I thought. I do remember you had told me some things that... You were shivering. Mm. You wouldn't really be able to sleep very mm. well either. Mm. You know, mm. it was just this this whole experience of just your body telling you, look, I need a rest. And almost forcing you to that point mm. where it's, I need the rest and mm. you weren't giving it to me. Mm. So now you have no choice but to rest yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, I couldn't uh, I couldn't understand what was happening. So I was Because you've never had it. You've never had no, this No, no, no. I was always, always been pushing through, making sure that... Love optimizing things, optimizing <laughs> until the end. Classic UX of... <laughs> designer. <laughs> can it be better? Yes. It can be better. <laughs> so um, it was difficult to put myself first during those days because I didn't feel that my body was working with me. So I was just mm-hmm. upset with it. Like I wanted to do all these things, but I couldn't even pick up my phone. I couldn't pick up my phone with when my parents called me or friends called me. Just made me so overwhelmed and if I did pick up it would ruin the whole afternoon and I wouldn't be able to make myself dinner or how do you explain that it's just and also living in a different country was also a bit difficult and also isolated uh, during the pandemic so it was of course the circumstances uh, didn't help none of us of course but um, something else uh, decided to put myself first there And you know, it's interesting. It sounds like you and your body are two different entities. I know. Mm. My therapist says that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I forget the connection. Mm. Um, I get upset with my body when it isn't you know working with me. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of people maybe feel that misalignment with their own bodies. And mm. I mean, for me, that's why feelings and emotions are so important. Because mm. it's a way of your body responding to your environment around you. Mm. And it's indicating to you, what do you need? Yeah. What kind if, of... If you listen to it, then it would be exactly, great. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But mm. most of the time we get distracted with things that mm. are going on in our life, right? And I know, I mean, at least personally for me, I also feel that sometimes instead of listening to what I know I actually want, mm. even if it's simmering right below my consciousness, I know it's there. It's knocking on the door, yeah. Exactly. But instead of just being honest about it and just being upfront with the people in my life mm. about it. And I mean, for me, maybe it's the way I was raised. I'm not sure if it is the same for you. But because I kind of grew up in an Asian culture where it's kind of always been put others before yourself mm. kind of a thing, um, I'm not used to speaking up for myself or what I want. I mean, I, I, okay, maybe that's not mm. 100% true because I do speak up for myself. Mm. But it's the things that I want it's almost like I don't deserve that. Mm. You know, that's the way my subconscious, mm. I have learned. Mm. Um, that's how it's been. Mm. And so I don't just outrightly say, oh, I want to do this or mm. I want to do that. I feel but, similar because I definitely grew up, and I don't know if that's the generation uh, we grew up with as our parents or what it is, but I grew up this constant reminder that life is hard you can't get what you want 
and I was always being like, why not? <laughs> why not? And so when I do get what I want, I feel guilt for getting what I want. So it's, it's just, mm. so I definitely relate to what you're saying, and it's also the uh, the feeling that I should I should be able to cope with the situation, or, or I should uh, handle all people, or up to a point where I'm like, I can choose not to involve this person in my life. I can choose mm-hmm. to go on that trip if I feel like it. I'm still like, I feel like I need to ask somebody if I can book a trip yes. somebody somewhere. Yes, I'm like, you ha- need, need permission. permission. Yeah, yes. to kind of, Mm-mm. and it's so, you know, it's so, and it's not because, you know, it's not, has nothing to do with parents being controlling or ever saying no, they were very open, but it just still feels like I need to, I need permission to exist. <laughs> you know, it's interesting you say this because on my birthday, I remember thinking, okay, Jane, today is your day. You can do whatever you want, go to a cafe, reflect on life. Your favorite thing. My favorite mm-hmm. thing. And then all the texts that are coming in from your friends, congratulating you, wishing you happy birthday. That can all wait. Mm-hmm. You don't have to spend the first few hours of your birthday responding to everybody saying thank you, which is what I would normally feel the obligation to do. Mm, that can right? be obligation as well, yeah. Exactly. But I was telling myself, okay, okay, that can wait. You just have a good time and you put yourself first today. Mm. And when I thought that, I had this realization of what the fuck? Like, mm. <laughs> why don't I do this every day? Why do I need a special day? Mm. yeah to be able to put myself first and that realization to me was it really struck me quite deep and I was like I'm gonna try to put myself first every day because I realize similar to you Yana is that when I don't put myself first it's because I feel that if I put others before myself or other people's needs above my own needs and I you know cater to that first it's a way of me trying to gain acceptance mm. or gain love or, you know, gain some kind of validation for for myself. Mm. Whenever I end up in the uh, tendency to please others or give others what they want or kind mm. of focus on their needs, it's, it's also ultimately to get what I need, right? So mm-hmm. I think I've told you that uh, my previous housemate, we didn't get along that well. Mm-mm. And she was very assertive with what she needed and uh, very long story short, but uh, we couldn't agree on whether or not the boiler should be on during the night. And I wake up, you know, you're laughing. I wake up during the night because it's noisy. It, it goes on and off and it gets a bit indecisive and she wants it to be on because it's uh, too cold. So in order to get what I want, which is the boiler being off during the night, mm. I need to keep her warm. Right. Mm. So my my focus shifts from my problem, which is it's noisy, to how do I keep her warm? Mm. So I offered to kind of buy her an electrical <laughs> heater, and she was going to get all this stuff from me for free. Basically. Of course, I'm just going to make sure sh- so that I can then turn off the boiler. That was the mm. the goal. But I f- I forget about the goal in that situation, and I only think like making sure all the the, the surroundings uh, supports my my path instead of just going my path you know Mm. so that part can get really stressful and energy consuming because if I'm gonna only focusing on the other then I'm missing out on just okay what do I need I need the noise to disappear so 
I need to move out, which I eventually did. <laughs> <laughs> I also tried earplugs, of course, and all those kind of things. But it's just... I see there, though, in that experience that you had, it was also a lot about compromise. Yeah. Right? Trying to yeah. find the compromise between putting yourself first and also respecting your roommate, or sorry, your flatmate's right. boundaries. Thank you, because yeah. that's what I felt I was doing. <laughs> yeah, but she wasn't meeting you halfway. No. Yeah. She was putting herself first, though. I learned from her. <laughs> she was like, no, I want the heater to be on and I don't want an electrical heater in my room. Yeah, but you see, that's the problem with putting yourself first is that it sometimes gets past the point of respecting yourself and it actually starts morphing into selfishness when you're kind of putting yourself first at the expense of somebody else. Exactly. But then the problem is that sometimes putting yourself first means that you will have to put other people's needs and wants at the yeah. expense of your own. Exactly. But then where is the balance? Where Where is the line between respecting yourself and then just becoming a selfish person? What is selfishness anyway? I think <laughs> selfishness is different from putting yourself first in that it doesn't respect the other person's needs as well. Right. I think you can put yourself first while still respecting somebody else's mm. wants and needs, even if it might not align with your own. There's a way you can go about it. Obviously, all of this is hypothetical because mm. I have not <laughs> managed to find the right <laughs> sweet spot yet, you know? Um, yeah. But I think that if you put yourself first, you can still do it in a way that is respectful yeah to others yeah but when i'm hearing this story about your flatmate of course i'm hearing it from your perspective but it, it sounds as if she wasn't even trying to respect your needs or mm. your wants well obviously that's how i felt and the thing mm. that made me more upset is that when she expresses her needs and also tells me that, yeah, it's noisy, you don't have to worry about it. Mm. I feel that my needs aren't justified. Mm. So I start feeling a bit shame of all the needs that I have. And I shouldn't be bothered by that. So suddenly yes. I was like, should I not be bothered about this? I yes. should be able to handle this. Because I feel like I'm shit-talking my, <laughs> <laughs> my previous housemate. Like, uh, okay, my perspective, right? <laughs> um but I also think she was, again, now I'm assuming here, I'm speculating yeah. um, that she was a bit sick of all my needs because I was constantly optimizing <laughs> <laughs> the home, you know, making things better. Mm. Well, you know what? Sometimes things just don't work out, though. You know? Exactly. And, and that is why I moved out. We're not, you know, in an argument. No, um, no, 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 no. But I'm not on bad terms. It's just no. like, okay, this is not gonna... But maybe, I think putting yourself first versus selfishness you need to be a little bit selfish to be able to put yourself first but again i think that you can do it still respectfully of another person and acknowledge their needs mm -hmm. and their wants doesn't mean that you put it before your own but at least there's this acknowledgement there and from that point you can discuss that kind of compromising negotiation process mm. right and if it doesn't work out you mm -hmm. know if both needs just don't work out and you can't yeah, find that yeah. common ground. I read a really, I read a really good book by uh, uh, Ray Dalio, an investor, mm. and his principles for management, creating a team mm. to make them work together. And he was just putting it really 
It's really interesting because he was he was studying uh, neuroscience and also just went out in nature to kind of see how does nature work? Mm. How do I manipulate sort of <laughs> the environment so that I create great teams and great results mm. by just utilizing human nature, if you will? He says selfishness doesn't exist, or rather, that's how mm. we're wired. We're wired to put ourselves first. It's needed for our survival and sometimes it's also for the beneficial of the human species so it's like this working for yourself being selfish while at the same time contributing hmm. to everybody so he was kind of working with with that methodology to get people motivated so making sure that everything they did was for themselves at the same time for everybody else here we are again in biology lesson <laughs> it's true because yeah. think of when you're on an airplane mm. right what is it that they say on the aircraft. Exactly. In a, First yourself. And then. Exactly. And in an event of an emergency, put the mask over yourself mm. before you place it on your own child. Exactly. You know? It goes for everything, I think. Yeah. 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 Because you can't take care of other people if you don't take care of yourself. Exactly. Bam. Mm. There you said it. Yeah. Of course, still easier said than done. Mm. I know I've also shared this with you already, but I've been on that journey to be a bit more upfront with my mm. friends about mm. what I want or what I need. Yeah, the worst thing that can happen is you get a no, right? <laughs> yes, but I can feel some of my relationships struggling mm. because of that. I don't know if you feel the same after now starting to assert your boundaries and if some of your dynamics have changed with the people that are closest to you or the people that you know. If in any way... It's changed to the better because mm. I'm much clearer and people don't have to guess of what I want and what I don't want because I will be, you know, assertive so they don't have to worry about it. Some relationships might have faded out and some got stronger, but in any case, it's led to better and clearer and more mm. authentic relationships because yeah. it's, they don't have to worry about is Jonna just doing this because she wants to please us or is she actually in this or not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I love it. I honestly, when you say this time and this time, I can't do any other time. Like clear, all right, perfect. Yeah, let's then you do know it. you don't yeah. have to like worry or try to figure out what I need and try to like, exactly. And you know what's crazy is that I love it when other people are are doing that because yeah. it it's just an easier dynamic to work with. Yeah. There's nothing beneath the surface that yeah. I have to overthink about. You exactly. Know? But just remove all the overthinking. Exactly. But I have that problem where mm. it's almost as if I want to shield people. From, from, and it, it's just a, such a weird thing because what am I shielding them from? It's not like what I want is a terrible thing. Mm. What I need is not a terrible thing. What am I shielding them from? But I also know that in the moment when I'm upset or angry, it's very easy for me to use words that aren't necessarily the most diplomatic and use words that hurt, mm. you know, or use an attitude that hurts. But I don't like that behavior. So what I end up doing is closing in on myself mm. and I just wait, you know, and then maybe a few hours later, maybe a few days, maybe a few months later, I realize exactly how it is I'm feeling. Then I feel more rational, more level headed, and then I can kind of approach a situation. Mm. And I find that that's actually quite problematic because I've had conversations with a friend about this and she was like, yeah, but you don't give me the opportunity to address the issue because mm. I don't know what's happening. If you don't tell me what you want or what you need in that moment, I, I can't, because not everyone can read you. I mean, we all expect 
not all of us, but maybe those of us who are good at reading other people, we expect others to be able to read us. But that's very yeah, idealistic. Even those who read others, they read the other person based on their own perspective. Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. never reading the other person. No. You're not. You're reading them based on maybe a facial expression or, or something. And the only information you have is from yourself and your own past and your own brain, how it's wired. So mm-hmm. you're not going to get the correct information how much you would like to read them. And I also think what you're doing there, taking some time off because you can't sort it out. You're doing that for yourself. You're mm-hmm. giving yourself what you need in, mm-hmm. in that moment because you don't like to act on your emotions and get irrational. But why, why shouldn't I? I think there needs to be a balance. Right. But I, I also feel like there's mm-hmm. maybe sometimes I'm being too careful and why not just fight it out? That's, that's actually, yeah. You know, and I... Yeah, the I, emotions are there for a reason, not to be yeah. suppressed. They're supposed to be expressed. Exactly. Un, not in the physical injury way, but... Yeah, to, but I think because I know I'm a very disagreeable or dislikable person when I'm that emotional. <laughs> <laughs> you just made a face like... Hmm. Like this, like... Um, and that's why I don't want to show my emotions in that moment because I know or I feel and I'm scared... That if I reveal those emotions in that moment, as it is, without any reason or rationale, I'm not going to be liked. That my closest friends will find that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. off-putting and they wouldn't want to be my friend anymore. I also grew up uh, with that kind of culture where anger is something that you shouldn't express because mm. that's something you should be able to handle on your yes, own. Yeah. And that's such a misunderstanding. Like if you look at what emotions are, it, it's all they're all neutral. Like mm. there are, none is bad and good, obviously. So, but we make it so. So when we feel anger, especially yeah, when we feel anger and express that, the, the amount of shame that comes after that is just unbearable. So that's also where I get to. I don't want to feel that shame anymore for having mm. expressed that anger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I rather also wait with it and you know come across as super rational later yes, on. Being, yes, it's like it's not what I felt though. <laughs> <laughs> I felt super upset. <laughs> yeah, maybe, actually, like expressing anger is also also means putting yourself first. Like this is mm. what I feel. I'm not gonna you sugarcoat know. it down. No, yeah. I'm not gonna do that. Fuck that. But I'm it, doing it. So. But you know, there still is the balance of I don't want to hurt my friends either. Mm. But. When I'm on that hot-headed level, I'm not intentionally trying to hurt somebody else. But because I know I'm capable of that, that's also the added pressure to not react in that moment. So I know there has to be a balance, but I still feel scared and nervous to be able to express how I actually feel in that moment. I will definitely say, though, you're saying that... um I am a dislikable person when I get angry, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You don't know that. <laughs> I just want to say that you don't know that. And you are not responsible for somebody else's perception mm. of themselves if they feel bad about themselves because you're expressing something. We've had our conversations as well, you and I. And yeah. it, it, if, if it depends on how the other person is able to meet you where you're at as well. Mm. It's not... You're not a d- dislikable person when you get angry. You're not responsible for somebody else feeling bad, uh, even though you might have triggered something. It's not yours. You know, that word responsibility is really 
yeah popping out in my mind right now because it's interesting that i do feel that responsibility yeah i feel that responsibility yeah it's your responsibility to express yourself be clear to yourself and to others yeah but now i'm wondering why do i feel that sense of responsibility i think for me growing up you know when you're a Little girl, you don't have your own, you can't make your own decisions. You need mm. permission. And if I can make my parents happy, making sure that they are happy, I will get what mm. I want. So yes. or at least that's the reality that I put in my head. Yeah. Probably wasn't like that, but it felt like I am responsible for making sure that I can play this afternoon. If they're not in a good mood, I might not get what I want. So making sure yeah. that everything is safe yeah. so that I can play. And it's similar for me because uh, growing up with my family, there was often a lot of uh, tension. Now it's a lot better. But when we were younger, you know, kind of being, mm, what do you call, like the relationship bridge Mm. between people. And Mm. I did feel that huge responsibility from a young age. Mm. And maybe that it's like learned behavior. Absolutely. It's your part of your schemas and you probably won't get rid of them forever. You yeah, just need yeah, to practice yeah. putting yourself first anyway. Yeah. And in a way, that's also what makes me me, right? Like, I'm yeah. much more of a considerate person, right? For good but, and for ill. Yeah. 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 But again, it's that balance. Mm. But I would like to be able to express myself in the moment when I'm upset. You know, mm. I would, but not in a way that hurts people, but I would like to be able to... To be assertive. Yes. Not aggressive. No. But assertive. assertive. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like, why don't I feel like I'm I'm allowed to express because you're not supposed to be angry that's the whole mm. you know to put it maybe i'm simplifying things but it's just no, no but it, that is how i feel yeah, that's supposed, exactly how yeah, I feel. you're not supposed yeah. to feel like that because that's shameful and mm-hmm. you'll say things that comes out of your mouth and you're not proud of that and you it comes with you into the night yeah. and then you're like oh, but you know God. you know what's crazy on that is that i've been watching this um reality tv show and mm. <laughs> it's a it's a japanese show called terrace house and then there's this girl um that i feel that she's kind of the perfect girlfriend or mm-hmm. the perfect girl and she doesn't in what sense like she she tell me i need to know some tricks yes like i think this is a reality <laughs> show that you might be interested in too. um oh, God. but she she seems to be very caring mm. you know doing the usual good girlfriend things if a guy gets drunk brings him water you know, oh or my god, is making... that the good girlfriend thing to do? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely not. You know, <laughs> or like making points. him bentos for lunch. I you just know. want water for myself. <laughs> <laughs> While I was watching this, I was just thinking, ugh, like it just felt so disingenuous mm. because she was also being uh, when she was rejecting the guys that were interested in her. Mm-hmm. You know, she was very diplomatic about it. She mm-hmm. was like, oh, instead of us two just going out, maybe we should invite everybody. You know, instead of just being straightforward and yeah. saying, look, I'm not interested in you, we can just be friends, you know? And when I was looking at that, I was thinking, that's me. Mm. <laughs> like, oh my God, is that what I do? Very and then cool, yeah. I just, I got annoyed. I, yeah. I was annoyed at her for being so perfect or trying to, like it felt like she was trying to control other people's impression of her mm. in her agreeable actions Mm. and i realized maybe that's what i'm trying to do Mm. right and in a way it's kind of manipulating you're trying to manipulate other people's perception of you instead of just being honest and just letting yourself 
be how you are and have give other people the opportunity to accept you. You're not giving them that opportunity. Yeah. I think for me, it comes down to the need to be liked, right? To be liked. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> and the fear of being left alone forever. Also a very biological thing. Right? <laughs> tend to always come down to that somehow. But you know, if I look back at my longest friendships, Yana, mm. the ones who really know me, that have seen me through all of my emotional <laughs> high points and low points, you know, they love me for who I am, right? Yeah. So yeah. why don't I learn from that? And just be myself and see how it goes. You know, I know everybody wants love at mm -hmm. the end of the day, right? Most people that aren't psychopaths and sociopaths mm -hmm. want love at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us are just using methods that we know or the experiences that we've grown up with to attain that in some way. But I think for me, putting yourself first requires self-acceptance mm -hmm. of who I am. And in that self-acceptance and putting myself first and being able to express myself openly and honestly with my friends as I am, that's the only way that actually would lead to long sustaining mm -hmm. love. Right. Right. And that is in the form of romantic relationships, friendships, familial relationships as well. Yeah. I think for me to be able to express myself and put myself first and also to not make excuses for what I what I need and what I want. I need to connect with the friends that know me the best on a regular mm. basis. Because mm -hmm. I know that I'm safe there. I can throw myself yes. on the table and nothing bad will happen. They've seen me <laughs> in all kinds of states. And yeah. um, so I can I can never hang out with them and feel any shame afterwards. I can mm -hmm. never it's it's I and mean, feel so safe there. So I need to regularly connect with them it's a recharging process exactly yeah. recharging so that i can then bring in that um to when i meet new people because yes. if i only meet new people i forget my own yeah it's it's all about uh, making sure that i belong to the group you know that kind of yeah primal primal stuff um but if i can just connect regularly and remind myself that i'm safe yeah then i feel more safe expressing myself to others so important it is yeah and actually because i haven't had that for two years mm. because of corona i mean i did see close friends after maybe a year of corona mm. but going home to la and seeing my family and my friends after two years and it really felt like a pilgrimage <laughs> i joke about that with my colleagues but yeah. it, that's really what it you feels need like that you i need, need it yeah. yeah i need that sense of home in me so i think can carry that with me wherever i go in my new as you say relationships right exactly no i i completely agree during my first year here as well mm. during the burnout i was in this well first of all it's difficult to even pick up the phone but also because i wanted to this whole idea that I should be able to do this on my own. I should mm. be able to, you know, handle any situation. Uh, and in, in Swedish, it doesn't really work in English, but in Swedish we have an expression which is um, alone is strong. And that's like the worst. I, I experienced the opposite of that. Mm. Alone is is weak. Alone is mm -hmm. uh, forgetting your connections, your strengths, your 
what makes you you and your powers. That is what the loneliness brings. Mm. So I learned that I need to go home, reconnect regularly, need to pick up the phone, not postpone anything, just pick up the phone. Doesn't matter how exhausted you're going to get. <laughs> it's you need it. Because, of course, your best friends, the people you grew up with, they live in you, right? Mm. So for you to put yourself first, you need to remember who you are. And to remember who yeah. you are, you need to go home. <laughs> yeah. And maybe just another point, like mm -hmm. a final point about being alone mm -hmm. makes you strong. I think there is something to that because putting yourself first, you're also teaching yourself that you can rely on yourself. Mm. When shit hits the fan, when things get rough... You can handle it. You can handle it. Mm. But you still need... In what I've also experienced of loneliness during the pandemic, mm. I also realized I can't just rely on myself. No matter how much strength I've I've gained, I still can't solely support myself. No, you need to recharge it so that yeah. you could, then can be on your own. Like, exactly. It, it doesn't work. Yeah, at least maybe there are some hermits out there that can do this, but I yeah. cannot do this. And, and that's why your family, your friends, your mm. partner, whatever, they're all so important mm. to have in your life and to have those people means that you have to be honest with who you are to them yeah and yeah. that means putting yourself first and expressing who you are <laughs> and your needs out there. yeah exactly because that's the only way to have more genuine relationships it's the only way right yeah yeah i still struggle with it mm. but, but it's a lifelong we will yes. have breakdowns we'll yeah, have, yeah. have to relearn and we'll end up in new situations where we have to apply it again so yeah. it's it never ends right yeah Oh God, it's never ending. <laughs> <laughs> but at least being aware of this is a good first step, I yeah. think. Or, or realize what needs you have to make sure that you can be assertive. Like if I'm not confident, I cannot be assertive. Mm -hmm. If I don't feel rested, I cannot make good decisions. So it's like making sure that the environment for myself is um, you know, setting up for success. Mm. So Yana... To wrap up then, <laughs> what is the right feeling in putting yourself first? Mm. Love that question. I'm thinking that putting yourself first, even though it's right, it doesn't feel good. So, for <gasps> example, breaking up with a very long-term relationship with the mm. guy I really loved. That but didn't feel good for two years. But it was still right. And I did it to put myself first. But it didn't feel good. But feeling right doesn't necessarily always have to mean that it feels good. Right. The body says thank you in some subconscious way, which mm -hmm. I can't explain. The brain was not happy with this at all. Mm. But the body kept taking the actions towards putting myself first. And my brain was watching with panic. <laughs> so it's right if the body says it's right. And we can't explain that. Yeah, we try to rationalize things and understand things with our brains, but I don't think they can, uh, they only get so far, right? Well then, Jana, <laughs> is there anything else that you wanted to touch on that we haven't touched on already? I mean, probably, but uh, no, I love this conversation. <laughs> okay. Well, tak, Jana. Ah, tak, varsågod. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Jane. Yeah, you're Pleasure welcome. Pleasure talking to you, as Anytime. always. <laughs> Okay, I hope that you enjoyed that podcast with Yana. 
Just from a personal side, putting yourself first is not easy. And it's something that just takes practice, especially if you're not in the habit of putting yourself first. Sometimes it's just about doing it. And even if it feels weird, even if you feel guilty, the feelings of confidence in putting yourself first and stating your needs and your boundaries will come in time. Anyway, next episode is going to be on dating in your 20s with my friend Marco. If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share it with your friends or your family or your partner or whoever. And if you would like to follow The Right Feeling on Instagram, it's the right feeling underscore. You can also find a very early YouTube channel also at the right feeling underscore. And if you're a little more old school and would like to email me, you can definitely do that. More than welcome. My email is jane, that's J-A-N-E, at therightfeeling.org. All right. Thanks, guys. I can't wait to feel the feels with you in the next one.